0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW proof. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Blog Talk Radio.
0: It's the Speedway Show. An idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, See <laughs>
1: recorded a long, long time ago by a woman by the name of Brenda Fassi, and it is called Black President. It was actually a tribute to Nelson Mandela when he was freed. But um, every time I think about, and every time I think about our Black President, I think of that song. So I thought I would share it, or at least a piece of it, because uh, it seemed pretty appropriate. What does it mean that President Barack Obama has won? What is that whole electoral college thing about anyway? Is it fair that a candidate can win the popular vote and still lose the election? How could that be? Mitt Romney looked like he was so close based on the polls and even ahead sometimes. So in the end, what happened? We're also going to talk about some of the funny moments of the election, as well as voter ID and the state of gay marriage in the United States today. So here we are. Let us start with the results. The presidential results. Barack Obama had 332 electoral votes. Mitt Romney had 206 electoral votes. Compared to how he did in 2008, Barack Obama lost the states of Indiana and North Carolina. I don't know if you remember what that map looked like when he won in 2008, but boy, it was a it was virtually a clean sweep. This this time not so much the clean sweep. It was it was a lot closer than it was back then. In terms of the popular vote as of the airing of this show, Obama has 51% of the popular vote with 61.8 million votes, and Mitt Romney has 48% of the popular vote with 58.6 million votes. Compared to how he did in 2008, the president has 8 million fewer votes, but this number is still about 3 million higher than the number of votes that Mitt Romney got. Were you surprised? That Mitt Romney did not do better in this election, quite frankly, I was. My impression from watching and listening to the very intrusive ads, which I'm now so glad are over, was that Mitt Romney outspent Barack Obama by quite a lot, and I was actually better versed in the Romney campaign's criticisms of Barack Obama than vice versa. I thought the Republicans did what they always do, which is a better job of packaging and publishing their marketing message in a very easy, consistent way. I've never thought Democrats were as good at that. And um, I thought they left a lot of things on the table that they could have capitalized on, but it turns out that that didn't matter since the majority of Americans decided that they wanted four more years with Barack Obama. In the Senate, the Democrats won the majority representation, and the the Republicans, for the next four years, control the House. Now on to the Electoral College, now that we've covered the broad results. And by the way, if you're looking for a nice, simple place where you can see all the results, you can visit www.spiway.com or the com and you will find all sorts of links to this show, to the results and a whole bunch of other stuff and I'll call out some of those other things as we go along. The Electoral College, it is not a place, it is not a college, it is a process that was established by the Constitution. Now many of us are familiar with the 4th, 5th, and 6th, and 14th Amendments. Some of us might even be uh, familiar with the 2nd Amendment, but Article 2 of the Constitution says this. The executive power shall be vested in a president of the United States of America. He shall hold his office during the term of four years and together with the vice president chosen for the same term be elected as follows. Each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in the Congress. But no senator or representative or person holding an office of trust or profit under the states shall be appointed an elector. The Congress may determine the time of choosing the electors, and the day on which they shall give their votes, which day shall be the same throughout the United States. There are a number of other provisions in the U.S. Constitution that address the Electoral College, including Amendments 12, 14, 15, 19, 20, 22, 23, 24, 25, and 26, If you'd like to read them, there is a link on SPY.com that you can visit and check out all of the components that that I just cited. So the Electoral College was actually a compromise between the president being elected by congressional vote and election of the president by a popular vote of qualified citizens. So how does it work? Well, it's a little bit complex, but stay with me. Generally, during the state party conventions, remember those Democrat and uh, Republican conventions? Yeah, those. During those, um, each political party nominates electors. Some states, the party's central committee, well, in some states, the party's central committee in each state chooses the electors. This process results in each presidential candidate having his own unique slate of potential electors. The electors are often chosen to recognize service and dedication to their political party. And so some of them may be political leaders, they may be state elected officials, or people who have some sort of affiliation to the presidential candidate. Fast forward to Election Day, which is always held um, on the Tuesday after the first Monday in November. Got it? Okay, so at election time, now you might be thinking, well, shoot, if the Electoral College picks the votes, does my vote actually count? Yes, yes, it does. Once you cast your vote... You may actually, on some ballots in some states, you may actually see the name of the elector underneath the presidential um, candidate. And some states you may not. But once you cast your vote, with some states that uh, where they do this a little differently. But generally, once you cast your votes, the winning candidate receives all of the state's electors. It's a winner-take-all kind of concept. So in the 2012 election, for example. Um, the the winning candidate had to have um, 270 electoral votes, okay, to win the election. So Ohio, for example, had 18 electoral votes. Iowa had 6. Florida has 29. And Minnesota has 10 electoral votes. So when you see the red and blue maps of who won the elections – you're looking at how the Electoral College actually voted, okay? If you're interested, you will find a link to one of the election result maps on SPIWay.com, and um, that is how the electors voted. So you might be thinking at this point, well, shoot, is my vote really important then, or Is it not if at the end of the day the electoral college is going to be the one that actually votes? Yes, your votes are important because the popular vote um, impacts the electoral college. So, um, for example, in Ohio, Barack Obama only won by 100,000 votes. In Florida, he only won by 70,000 votes. So that was the popular vote. So because he won by a hundred thousand, uh, a hundred thousand votes in Ohio and seventy thousand votes in Florida, the entire state's electoral votes went to Barack Obama. So yes, every vote does count. And as you know, if you remember back to some of our elections in the uh, in the past, like the Gore election, you remember that those votes were really, really close. So it does matter. Every vote does count. So now let's talk about how did the president win? Were you surprised that he won? Were you surprised that he won by as much as he did? Actually, I have to tell you, um, I was surprised that he won by as much as he did. And um, so here is, I, I, I listened to some of the pundits talk about why that was. And there are some answers that I got that I'm going to share with you, and and you can decide whether or not that, that rings true for you or not. Women, Latinos, African Americans, working people came out in large numbers and voted for President Obama. Why? One key difference between Mitt Romney and Barack Obama was the question of inclusion. Mitt Romney did not intend to make a public speech, of the statement that he made about the 47%. Do you remember that statement about the 47%? Um, Basically what he, well, his point was that he was um, concerned about, he was not concerned about the 47% because um, those were people who had, uh, who were going to vote for, President Barack Obama, there were people who were going to vote for entitlements, and he was just not going to win them. And actually, you know, um, if if I find that clip, I will see if I can play it for you, and then you can hear for yourself what he said. But at the end of the day, there was this question of inclusion, and a lot of people felt like he was not really interested in their interests, so he did not... Connect with uh some of the uh voters out there he didn't connect well with hispanic voters he didn't connect well with gay voters or certainly not as well as um certainly not as well as Barack Obama did. He did not connect well with uh when he talked about uh self deportation for some u s residents well the immigrants didn't uh, some of the immigrants didn't really care for that either. And there was this whole issue with women voters over birth control and abortion and Roe versus Wade and the fear that perhaps the Republican Party intended, or Mitt Romney more specifically intended, to try and get Roe versus Wade overturned. And so there were issues like that that came to the floor that just did not really help him. And I think I have found this clip, so I'm going to see if I can. Uh, play it for you, so that you can hear it. Hang on. Oh wait, it's still I don't know if you can really hear it, but let's try.
0: do to work.
1: him basically what he was saying is there are 47 percent of americans that expect entitlements they um, want to they are looking for uh, basically government handouts they don't pay taxes 47 percent of americans he said do not pay taxes and they're going to vote for barack obama no matter what because they believe that the government should basically support them And um, so this did not go over really well. So you remember the fiasco probably if you were paying attention to the elections when this came out, and um, it did not bode well for him at all because basically he was saying he doesn't care about those 47% of Americans, which is basically half of the United States. So that didn't go well. Barack Obama, on the other hand, made a point of inclusion, and this was on a number of many democratic issues. It was sort of the underlying theme. So inclusion was the uh, underlying theme behind voter ID. It was the underlying theme behind gay marriage. Uh, immigration, when he, talk, when he talked about the Dreamers, and, and there are some who said, well, actually, he didn't really talk about the Dreamers until he was forced to address the issue of immigration. But that, too, was about inclusion. Uh, Mitt Romney had a biographical platform. I am a businessman who knows how to create jobs. And Barack Obama essentially went after that image and systematically attacked it quite successfully. In many of the exit polls, Mitt still had a net negative result, which means that he never really recovered from that image that was uh, attacked and from the fact that a lot of Americans never really felt quite connected with him. Some of the exit polls also showed that over 50% of voters still blame George W. Bush for the economic crisis and while in our local elections i thought that was really interesting i was surprised in fact by that because while in our local elections we saw republican candidates running attack ads that told you to vote republican simply because the democratic candidate was affiliated with the democratic party affiliated with barack obama therefore uh, he or she was a proponent of obamacare bigger government expensive you know running up the deficit, et cetera, et cetera. You didn't see a lot of distancing between Romney and George W. Bush. Frankly, I thought it was interesting and somewhat surprising that the voters were still thinking and aligning Romney with Bush enough for it to be top of mind at the exit polls, even though I don't think that was uh, something that was played on very heavily during the elections, at least certainly not in Minnesota. How to address the economic issues was also a clear differentiator. In the last six months, home sales have gone up, consumer confidence have gone up, job numbers have improved. Are they perfect? Certainly not. Are they where they want? Uh, are they where anybody would want them to be? Certainly not. But they have improved. The I saw a um, statistic the other day on the on on one of the political shows indicating that actually the stock market has gone up quite a bit. Um, and notably since Barack Obama took office. So, you know, you have a recession, you have uh, an economy that is out of recession. Certainly out of the recession it was in when Barack Obama took office. The auto industry turned around from the brink of disaster to now thriving, and so all of these things apparently were actually quite helpful to Barack Obama although you heard before the elections that there were doubts about whether or not he could win another term because the unemployment rate at the time was 7.9% and 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 there were suggestions that you know no president had ever been reelected when the unemployment rate was 8%, so maybe that 0.1% made a difference I don't know. Um, What I personally liked about both Barack Obama and Mitt Romney was that they were so clearly different in their approaches, at least until the last debate where Mitt Romney seemed to agree on more issues with Barack Obama than I would have expected. But because they were so different, they gave us a clear opportunity to choose the path that we thought was best. This was not a popularity contest. It was an issues contest. And most people in the U.S., evidently, based on the fact that uh, Barack Obama carried both the popular vote and the electoral vote, but clearly most people in the U.S., or at least more of them, felt that Barack Obama's plan was the better plan. On then to voter ID. In Minnesota, the voter ID amendment was defeated with 52.2% of voters voting against it. This means the Constitution will not be amended to require voters to present a government-issued ID in order to vote. To all those who voted no, I am sure that the elderly, the college students, the servicemen and women stationed abroad, and all those others who would have had a difficult or impossible time getting an ID, thank you. I actually did a show previously entitled Mabel and Congressman Keith Ellison on Voter ID. You can find it as one of the links on the posting for this particular show, or you can browse for it on the homepage. It's still on the homepage of SPIWay.com. And um, in that uh, interview, Basically, I I did it for the Minnesota Association of Black Lawyers, which took a position against voter ID, and we explored some of the reasons this amendment was a bad proposal. So I am very happy about that outcome, and uh, if you're wondering what those results might be, then feel free to take a listen to that particular show. And the one thing that I'll tell you, too, I don't think we talked about it on the show, is that, you know, some of the, the evils that uh proponents of voter ID suggested for why we needed it, we're not actually going to be addressed by voter ID. I'll give you an example. In some counties in Florida, there were stories about non-U.S. citizens voting. And, of course, you have to be a U.S. citizen to vote. Well, voter ID doesn't fix that because non-citizens can have driver's licenses you don't have to be a citizen in order to have a driver's license i know that because before i became a citizen i had a driver's license legitimately issued so having a photo i having a government issued photo id does not reduce non-citizens voting that's just one example on to the question of gay marriage uh gay marriage was on the ballot in four states maine maryland minnesota and washington all of them voted to legalize gay marriage in one way or the other. So in Maine, 53% voted to legalize gay marriage, reversing a 2009 referendum. Maryland, 52% of voters approved the state law to legalize same-sex marriage. In Minnesota, 51% of the voters voted against changing the Constitution to deny same-sex couples the right to marry. So if that sounds convoluted and confusing, it was. And there was actually a lot of hand-wringing and debating over how badly written the question was, but there it is. Uh, Maryland, did I mention Maryland? I don't know if I did, but in case I didn't, 52% of voters approved a state law to legalize same-sex marriage, and in Washington, 53% approved a law passed earlier in 2012, allowing gay marriage. Wow! A sweeping victory for proponents of gay marriage. The wins were close, but given that this question had been voted down previously in some states, it does suggest a trend that Americans are getting more comfortable with the idea of gay marriage. On to the fiscal cliff. What is the fiscal cliff? It is the Budget Control Act of, uh, well, it stems from the Budget Control Act of 2011, which included temporary payroll tax cuts that reduced taxes for workers by 2% and also provided certain tax breaks for businesses. And I actually remember the fight over the Budget Control Act because one of the points of contention was how long the tax cuts were going to be effective. You might remember that the Republicans had decided that and, and publicly declared that they were going to make Barack Obama a one-term president, and so they were out to create as much disruption and oppose everything they possibly could just to try and get to that result. And so at, at the time that this um, uh, was this act was passed, Barack Obama and the Democrats wanted the tax cuts to extend for several years, And um, the Republicans absolutely fought that and said, "Nope, we're not going to do that. It's going to be effective for a year, and then we'll see. And I think the, the objective was what they were really hoping was a year later they would have their president in the White House, and then perhaps things would go differently. So that is the fiscal cliff that we're headed for. Um, there are also some other things that are happening. Uh, the spending cuts agreed upon as part of the debt ceiling deal of 2011, you remember that fight too, uh, will begin to go into effect. And on the other hand, though, some of the taxes associated with Barack Obama's health care law will also go into effect. This is as of December 31st, 2012. So the question is, are we going to go over this fiscal cliff? According to Barron's, over 1,000 government programs, including the defense budget and Medicare, are in line for deep automatic cuts if we go over the fiscal cliff. So that is the deal. And will a compromise be reached? That is the question we are all waiting to see. And you can see all sorts of uh, people with all sorts of opinions about how that's going to work and if it's going to work on television. But, you know, at the end of the day... We don't know until we find out. So we're not going to know until the end of December, and uh, we'll see what happens. Funny things. Let's talk about some interesting things that that uh, the election brought out. One of the things, you might not think this is funny, but I thought it was kind of funny, but Colorado and Washington uh, legalized recreational use of marijuana. Interesting things, since this conflicts with federal law, so a lot of lawyers are curious 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 and just waiting to see what happens with the fiscal with the um with the uh legal marijuana use in these two states now you remember probably the 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 two big things that happened and some of you may think this is funny some of you may not but you know depending on what your political affiliation is you might have thought that Barack Obama's performance in the very first debate was actually quite nothing else it was laughable it was terrible um and uh he walked in there and he looked timid he looked beat down he kept looking down he was not aggressive he was very defensive he was so bad that ice tea the rapper uh tweeted and said hey you know you need to lay off the you need to lay off the weed before your next debate that's how bad he was um but that was that was one thing that happened, and I unfortunately don't have a clip of that because it was sort of the entire debate, right? But here's the other funny thing that happened. Uh, it was actually in the third debate, and do you remember this? Um, the candidates were asked what they planned to do to rectify the inequalities in the workplace, specifically as related to the women, uh, the fact that women make 72% of what men earn. And I'm hoping I teed this up for you correctly, but take a listen to what Mitt Romney had to say about that.
0: Thank you. And an important topic, and one which I learned a great deal about, uh, particularly as I was serving as governor of my state, because I had the the chance to pull together a cabinet, and uh, all the applicants seemed to be men. And I I went to my staff and I said, how come all the people for these jobs are, are all men? They said, well, these are the people that have the qualifications. And I said, well, gosh, can't we... Can we find some, some women that are also qualified? And uh, and so we we took a concerted effort to go out and find women who had backgrounds that could be qualified to become members of our cabinet. I went to a number of women's groups and said, can you help us find folks? And they brought us whole binders full of, uh, of women. I was proud of the fact that after I...
1: Well, there and, you go. That was the issue. He brought binders full of women, and, boy, did the pundits have a fun time with that. And you remember there was uh, even Big Bird was, was posed there with a binder full of women. And uh, <laughs> you remember that uh, the late-night show host had a blast with the binders of women. And, in fact, there was a, a picture that really, it was a, a photo of bill clinton that really made me laugh and if you look at the posting for this show i actually posted it as one of the the scrolling images and it's bill clinton uh looking quite tickled and uh, quite naughty in fact and he says stop the, the caption not he but the caption says stop the debate i want to hear more about this binder and so a lot of fun was made of the binders of women oh the jokes And uh, everybody ran with it until to the point where, you know, people sort of said, you know, actually, this is really not at issue in the election. And the election has kind of taken a back seat to all the foolishness because now here we are getting caught up in all this ridiculous stuff like the binder full of women. That's not what he meant. So that was one funny thing that I think a lot of people will probably remember from this election. You might not have heard about Kristen Neal. Uh, Kristen Neal is a teenager who lives in Georgia, and she was an avid Romney supporter. I'm sure she probably still is. And uh, she was quite upset when he lost the election. So she tweets that, um, I'll quote this for you. She says, I am moving to Australia because their president is a Christian and actually supports what he says. Well, the reason that was funny was because a whole lot of people responded. So at the time I got the screenshot, there were 1,424 retweets, and um, a lot of Australians actually responded, and here's what some of them had to say. Ian said, our prime minister is a woman, an atheist who lives with a man she hasn't married. I don't think you'd like it here. Mark from Down Under said, number one, Australia does not have a president. Number two, our prime minister is an atheist. Number three, yes, she really is. And then Gilbert said, our quote-unquote president is a prime minister, uh, is a woman, and is an atheist. I think you meant Antarctica. Move there. And uh, ABC News intern said, not a word of that sentence is true. I'm not even angry. I'm impressed. And she was so bru- the responses were so brutal that uh, poor Kristen evidently ended up taking down her Twitter account and um, uh, slunk off in disgrace and embarrassment. And hopefully uh, has now gone to some corner somewhere to get some edumacation. And uh, hopefully we'll know a little bit more about the places that she claims that she wants to live. <laughs> <laughs> so, other best uh, other funny moments, we had a best and worst educated states and how they voted list that was posted by a reader of the happyplace.com by the name of Kenny F. So he published this startling infographic on happyplace.com that that identified the 10 best and worst educated states and how they voted. Of course, happyplace.com said, well, you know, we we think that uh, this guy is going to infuriate exactly 50% of our audience. And uh, the reason they said that was because uh, here are the 10 best educated, and this is based on the percentage of people over 25 years old with a college degree. Massachusetts, Maryland, Colorado, Connecticut, Vermont, New Jersey, Virginia, New Hampshire, New York, Minnesota. Guess how every single one of them voted? They all voted for Barack Obama. Then the worst educated, with um, by the same standard, uh, were West Virginia, Mississippi, Arkansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Alabama, Nevada. Indiana, Tennessee, and Oklahoma. Every single one of those states, with the exception of Nevada, voted for Mitt Romney. So that was kind of a, that was interesting thing. And what I thought was really interesting was that these statistics, the ten best and worst educated states, actually came from Fox Business. Go figure. Uh, Barack and Mitt were born in Kenya. That was another funny thing that came out of the election. Because wouldn't you know it, This was it was touted as, uh, clear evidence, documented evidence, that both Barack and Mitt were born in Kenya because on election day, there was a 20-year-old woman in Kenya who gave birth to a pair of twins. Guess what she named them? Yes, indeed. Barack and Mitt. If you don't believe me, visit com or com and uh, you will find a link to that story. Another... Um, Funny aspect of the elections came when Mitt Romney got sideways with the Muppets of Sesame Street by threatening to cut funding for publicly funded programs if he was elected, like PBS. So after that, Big Bird was just out to get him. And if you just run a search on Google Images for Big Bird Romney, you will find all sorts of hilarious images of Big Bird and the other Muppets in an uproar. So that was pretty interesting. There were also some giggles on Channel 7 News on election night when a white reporter failed miserably at identifying a black musician. Take a listen. Let's see if I can I can uh, get this going for you.
0: Obama, Blake. Not necessarily info, but just kind of giving you a little bit of what you see here. That's Club John Jean uh, giving an interview. One of the many surrogates uh, you could say is,
1: sorry?
0: Who is Wale, excuse me. Wale, got my artist fixed up. Either way, we've seen a lot of artists, you've seen a lot of uh, surrogates out on the campaign trail uh, coming out for the president, and now you've seen sort of the surrogates come on out, and we can expect this. Uh, we saw a bunch of musicians out on the campaign trail, Bruce Springsteen uh, for the president yesterday, Jay-Z for the president yesterday. And we've seen celebrities. Uh, will I am. Good grief, man, I am tired. It's Will I Am. I'm sorry, I'm mixing up my artists here. Uh, but either way, you kind of get the idea. Let's give them a live look. That's actually with a, uh, a UK uh, television station. Um, and this is kind of a scene here that we will see over the next uh, few hours or so. But there we go.
1: So, the poor guy. He looks over, and you heard how confident he was when he said, that's Clef Jean. And when I first saw it, I looked at him. I was like, that ain't Wyclef Jean. I didn't know who that was either, but I sure knew it wasn't Wyclef Jean. And so he didn't hear it correctly, and then he went to Wale. And uh, then finally, evidently, somebody uh, whispered in his ear that actually that was that was Will I am. Go funny. Go figure. So anyway, some other funny tweets about the election. Uh, I took a look at uh, tweets that were posted that uh, some of them were were really, really funny, too funny to really air on the show. But here are some of the ones that were a little bit more tame. Jocelyn says, I wonder if Romney would mind creating those 12 million jobs anyway, like, uh, you know, as a contractor or something. Ken said, Maryland just got, no, Maryland just gay married Maine. Brian said, so happy for Obama. Moving sucks. <laughs> Brian said, oh, that was Brian. Uh, John said, breaking. Uh, breaking news. Apple Maps projecting Barack Obama to win Brazil. Bob said, it's been 26 minutes. Redistribute some effing wealth to me already. And then Chelsea said, tough day for rapists. So these are all the funny things that, well, some of the funny things (laughs) that um, we heard that came out during, before uh, the actual election and uh, right after the election itself. I will say this to you, all of you, every U.S. citizen, regardless of how you voted, you won. Now, you might be thinking, no, I didn't. My guy didn't win. My candidate didn't win. My woman didn't win. Yes, you did. And here's why I say that. In the country where I was born, Zimbabwe, we have had the same president since 1980. And not only that, but he has declared that only God himself will unseat him from power. And Zimbabweans have been praying ever since. And you saw what happened with the Arab Spring. And you saw how many people died and are still dying in Syria just because they wanted change in leadership. So here we are, we have, and and some of that stuff, when you look across the world, it tells you why we have term limits and why they are such a brilliant idea. And you see why um, we are so fortunate, because we actually get to go and vote for the candidate that we want, and whether you win or lose, you still have the opportunity to do that. So... Whether you like the fact that President Obama won or not, the fact is you still, get, you still got to cast your vote. And that is something to be very happy about. And you might not be so thrilled about the economy, but I have to tell you, uh, 7.9% ain't bad because you only have to look across Europe to see what's going on in other countries to realize that things are not as bad as they could be. You look at places like, uh, let's say, you know, Spain, for example. Spain's unemployment rate is above 25% for the first time. Uh, Greece's unemployment rate 25.1%. And you hear threats that uh, Greece might get kicked out of the Eurozone, Because they're running out of money. In fact, they think they're going to run out of money uh, before the end of the year. And so there's a question about whether they're going to get a bailout or not. And so things are, you know, you look outside, things are bad. There are people in in certain countries in the Eurozone who are protesting because the young people don't have jobs. They can't find jobs with, you know, a 25% unemployment rate. That's pretty darn bad. So at the end of the day, you may not feel like, You've won in every respect, but I have to tell you, this is an excellent, excellent democratic system. And we ought to be thrilled and tickled that it works. And the other thing is, you know, and I would say this no matter who won the election and whether or not I voted for him, but I would also say that, you know, as a people, uh, Americans should try their best to rally around the president who has been elected and to give respect for that office because like him or not he is the president he's the president for the next four years and i thought we all could take an example from Mitt romney because i thought he gave an excellent, excellent concession speech. I thought it was actually impressive that he didn't even have a concession speech. You want to talk about somebody who is confident. That is the kind of guy who my favorite motivational speaker, Zig Ziglar, would say he would go after Moby Dick in a rowboat and take the tartar sauce with him. That's how confident he was that he was going to win. And I think that is a lesson for all of us, that we all should be that confident in our endeavors. And I really thought that was something that was some it said something about his character that I really appreciated. And um so that was that. But also wow. his concession I know, it was a wild moment for me. Uh his concession speech was very, very good. He said he was going to pray for the president, he was going to pray for the country, and it really was a rallying cry for Democrats and Republicans to come together now to do the work of the country, of continuing to rebuild the country now that we have uh, decided who the ruler for the, of, the, of, the, of the free world, as some like to call it, um, is going to be for the next four years. So that brings us to the end of our show. If you voted, be glad you participated in the process. If you did not, plan to vote next election. Until next week, this is Spiwe saying go in peace, and let's work together, all of us, to continue the country moving in the right direction.
0: Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash Show. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle thespeedwayshow. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.